Good morning. Happy New Year. I want to talk today about some <coughs> something I think is a real struggle for most people, especially in society today. Um, I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 39. And Jesus said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law of the prophets. So we are commanded to love unconditionally. For something so vital to the believer, we should be aware of anything that stands in the way of us doing that. So we should ask ourselves, what is, what is holding me back to being more loving and being more lovable? There are many answers to this question, but I believe the main hindrance of our love for one another is the fear of rejection. And the fear of rejection comes from being rejected in the past, and it's such a terrible experience. Love is the most important thing to do towards God and each other. Love makes us accepting towards people for who they are in their unique circumstances and allows us to give unhindered compassion to them. If love is our greatest need, rejection causes the greatest pain. People don't come to church more often than not because they don't want to be judged. They see a group of people that will reject them for their past or current lifestyle. And worse yet, even some people in the church don't reach out to each other for fear of the same thing. I want to reference this book that I got much of this inspiration from, The Overcoming Life by Jimmy Evans. Phenomenal book. I haven't quite finished it yet, but so far it's fantastic. So there are four main ways to overcome rejection. One, base your life on God's love. Base your life on God's word. First of all, we have to know what the word says in order to base our lives off of it. Sometimes we have to just start from scratch. What does it say? Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. Do not steal. Okay. And master that thing. And as you're reading, just go on and pick up the next thing and the next thing that you get from it. Don't read into it. Don't use your imagination. Figure out what God is actually trying to tell you. And go for that with everything you have. Every once in a while, we need to take inventory of our lives. Look at what is holding me back from God. We need to just every day, this should be a common practice of the believer, to just lay everything before God and say, God, you do what you're going to do with the stuff and the responsibilities that I have. We need to relearn how to let the Holy Spirit lead the way in our lives. I say this because when we seek God humbly, the Spirit gives us everything we need, especially in times of rejection. So when we lay everything down, we can get anxious. Because we're juggling all this stuff. 
and we don't want to drop anything. Oh, this is important to me, and this is important. And we don't trust other people to take care of these things that we're responsible for, these things that we like, so we attribute the same reasoning towards God. But God will never drop anything that doesn't need to be dropped. So be encouraged. Like, this is amazing. It really is. Because like, oh, I'm so stressed out. Okay, just give it to God. And then the thing that was stressing you out can just disappear. When you take inventory, don't hold anything back. Trust in God with your whole life. He is most is the most reliable person you can trust with your things, thoughts, and responsibilities more so than even you. Set everything down before Jesus and give him your full attention every day. I challenge you to do this practice every morning. Write it on your fridge. God, I give you all of today. Every decision that I make between what kind of coffee I want to order at Starbucks with the tone I use when I say thank you. Surrender it all. It's not your stuff either. It's God's stuff. You're just managing it. This is a large text that I'm going to read out of. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Sorry, I didn't give you a heads up. This has got to be my favorite passage of scripture throughout the entire Bible. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the field, the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all things will be added to you. Set everything aside. Seek first Christ and his kingdom and his will for you, and your needs will be met. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Just let go. I can't express this. It's incredibly important. We are here for a glimpse, for a minute, and then we're gone. What difference are you allowing Christ to make through your life that has eternal value. Number two, don't take rejection personally. 
it rarely has anything to do with you in the first place, most of the time. I think we already know all the ways that we can be rejected. But sometimes we feel rejected when it hasn't even happened. This happened to me a while back. I wanted to schedule a lunch with a friend that I hadn't seen in a while. And I was so excited, and he canceled. Okay, reschedule. We rescheduled. It was the same day we're going to meet at this place at noon. Okay, so I was there. And noon passed by. 12.15, sent him a text. Hey, are you coming? Sent him another text. 12.30, I called him. But finally, by about 12.40, I, I got so angry. I felt so rejected that I actually texted him, if you don't want my friendship, just tell me. I was upset and angry instead of calling on the Holy Spirit. I got petty and selfish. And then he texted me a few minutes after that. He said, my uncle just passed away. So, of course, I now have to apologize. <laughs> oh, I feel like such a jerk. I'm so sorry. I, I messed up. I had already waged war with him in my mind when he wasn't even there. My behavior caused harm to our friendship. So lean into the Holy Spirit and trust him in every moment. Trust him to hold you up. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Memorize that. He wants to give you the most fulfilling life that you could possibly live if you just let him give it to you. Follow him. Have faith that he will protect you and be your sustenance through the hard times. Be careful not to perceive someone's lack of commitment as a rejection of you entirely. They have their own lives and responsibilities too. Trust in God first. Trust in the church second. God will never let you down. And as the church, we have to try our best, our absolute best not to let each other down. Being rejected and having a spirit of rejection are two very different things. They're extremely different. Jesus was rejected by absolutely everyone except his mom. Even God turned away from him. But that didn't change the way he interacted with them. He continued to seek the Father's will and the Father's strength. I think it's season three, episode one of The Chosen, where... Judas meets Jesus. And I couldn't get over just how big of a smile Jesus had when he 
sees Judas. He knew that Judas was going to betray him, sell his life for a couple dollars. But he accepted him and he welcomed him. Having a spirit of rejection, on the other hand, causes us to react in aggression. It causes us to feel hopeless, to be overly sensitive, to be overly dependent, or just avoid human interaction altogether. Because when you separate yourself, there's no rejection. But then you reject yourself. And you reject the you that God has said that you are. You are chosen, you are precious. The perception of rejection doesn't always reflect reality of the situation. As the most connected and yet separated generation. Because I got Facebook, I can see what Troy's doing all the time. <laughs> he, d- he doesn't really post much, but... <laughs> Whenever he does, I can see that. I could see all the stuff that Jennifer's posting about her family every once in a while. But if I'm not actually talking to her, what's the point? It's almost worse than just being isolated. Because when you're alone, it's miserable enough for you to seek people out. But we've become so comfortable in this modern internet age that we can just sit back and scroll through people's highlights and then not, and then feel like we got enough social interaction, just enough to not make a change. We have to be careful how we interact with people who have a spirit of rejection. It's all over the place now. The world has taken this problem of rejection and threw a band-aid on it called safe spaces and my truth. Uh, People want to avoid the feeling of rejection so incredibly much that they are willing to make this lie or accept this lie, put it all over their entire life so that they reject you first. Because when you say, hey, that's, that's not right. I love you. I, I care about your future, and this, this is going to hurt you. They completely reject that because it doesn't fall into the category of my truth. So it's not truth so it's not legitimate. They cast it away. The best way to disarm this way of thinking is through spirit-filled believers accepting. Accept them for who they are and where they are. And listen very closely to the Holy Spirit to hear the promptings. Say this. Do this. Don't react to that. Mm, no, don't, don't shrug, don't flinch. Just blink and say, okay. Mm. 
you never know how God is working on their hearts. People are not made out of cookie cutters. We all grew up and experienced different parts of the world at different times with different people. Different things were said. Number three, forgive those who have rejected you. What I'm not saying is go up to everyone who has ever offended you and say, I forgive you. Oh, Dad, Pastor Larry. (laughs) I forgive you for all the sermon illustrations I have ever been a part of. (laughs) It never ends well. I'm going to hear about this later. Probably next Sunday, to be honest. Never ends well. I'm saying, give it to God. Along with everything else, give it to God. When you are praying, it's not, God, give me this, let work go good. Help me with this cramp that I have in my calf. It's God. I am suffering right now. I feel rejected. I don't feel loved. I feel hated by everyone. And I just don't know how I'm going to do another day. That, that is when we are the most open to the Holy Spirit bringing healing onto our life. Be honest with God. You don't have any secrets anyways. Again, he will never drop anything that doesn't need to be dropped. Once you let go of this offense, you will be better equipped to walk his way and be accepting towards the other people that feel rejected. The people that have gone through the same thing you've gone through. What they said, not true at all. Here's what I know. Four, pursue relationships with fellow believers. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some of you are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching but I love being home in my pajamas sipping coffee on Sundays. Come on Wednesday nights. Can't come on Wednesday nights? Go to a small group. We have tons of groups. We have women's group on Tuesdays, 412 on Tuesdays. We have youth, adult, and children's ministries on Wednesdays. Men's Bible studies on Saturdays. Pick something. But when we, com- when we become comfortable with s- being separate, we allow ourselves a foothold. We allow the devil a foothold into our lives because there's nobody checking in on us. 
And when you and I had a, a Bible study together, and then you left and never came back, now the devil has a chance to get a foothold in both of our lives. We are a spiritual family. We hold each other up. We encourage each other in Christ. Let's see how far I skipped ahead. If you're still at home and you enjoy the Zoom meetings way too much, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, do not neglect gathering with the church. When you have the ability to come to church and decide not to, you allow the enemy a foothold. Now, I'm not saying this to shame you. I'm saying this to spur you along like the Bible says, towards love and good deeds. I need you to help me out. And you need the rest of us to help you out. We need to be tight-knit. Ecclesiastes 3.12, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, but a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. We become easy pickings for the enemy when we are alone. Don't be alone. Come and be with your spiritual family and play your role as part of the body of Christ. The, hand, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. There is no shame. There is no rejection. There ought to be no fear of rejection in the church because one is not greater than the other. We all have our place and we work together to move the kingdom of God forward. We follow Christ, we depend on Christ, and we hold each other up. Be accepting of each other and take the risk to be accepted by others. Find your role and step into it. Step up. Like, come on. If you don't know what it is, do something. Then you'll know you don't like that thing. And then you might do something else. Oh, that one's a little bit better. Maybe I'm going in the right direction. Move. There's an older song when I was a kid. I dare you to move. I dare you to move. Now is the only time. We only have today. It can be easy to fall into the rabbit hole of avoiding sin and avoiding temptation and just focusing on that whilst at the same time ignoring the tools that God has given us to utilize. The church that surrounds you is one of your greatest resources. Can you imagine how effective the church would be if it mastered this? 
there's, there's a TV show that we used to watch, my dad and I, and there was this bad guy, and no one could ever find out who he is, and he actually created this society called the Blake Association, where people, a bunch of criminals, would clean up after each other and deliver vans and do all this stuff. It was seamless. Can you imagine if the church was like that? Apart from the murder, but... That'll be good. We do the opposite. Yeah. No, walk away. <laughs> Thanks. Be accepting. You never know how much courage it takes for someone with a spirit of rejection to approach you asking for help. I want to ask all of you to stand, please. <laughs> 